Hey guys, I wanted to let you know about a new project I've been working on for quite some time that I am so excited about. It is a fresh book just for all you mamas called Doing It All. Stop over-functioning and become the mom and person you're meant to be. Doing It All is a simple framework designed to help you organize your stress, clear your mental clutter, and make more space for what really matters in your life. This book is about sharing my blueprint for achieving a centered life as a real working mom with real working mom problems. It's not about achieving a dazzling fantasy life of ease, wealth, and perfection, but a realistic life that's purposeful, organized, and aligned with your personal values. A life where you're able to prioritize what really matters and where everything, even laundry, has its place. Work calls? Yep. Time with your kids? Absolutely. Time for yourself? A top priority. Yes, you heard that right. This has nothing to do with manifesting positive vibes. You won't find a single affirmation here. Instead, you'll discover a practical framework, step-by-step plan, and over 40 targeted exercises, prompts, and activities. You can pre-order right now at amazon.com. Look for Doing It All by Dr. Whitney. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I am Dr. Whitney, and we are here talking today with Gabby Sloan. She is the founder of Ollie and Cooper, and I am so excited to have her here with us. Gabby, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here with you. All right. So for those who are unfamiliar with either Ollie or Cooper, tell us about what they are. So let's start with Cooper, which is my my current focus. So Cooper is, we like to call it your parenting lifeline. We're your parenting expert in your pocket. We are always on for the modern and discerning parent to get the support that they really need and that we all need in parenting. And it's sort of a big reason for us starting the business was because we felt like there was an overall lack of support. And so the way it works is we onboard you and connect you with one of our leading experts in child development to help you work through all the ups and downs of parenting, help enjoy the ride better, help support you as a parent and therefore support your children through small groups, workshops, and one-on-one sessions. Ollie, which was my previous company, which is still in around today, thankfully, is a direct-to-consumer dog food business. So we made make human-grade fresh meals pre-portioned and deliver them directly to your door. 
So I clearly like to build businesses and the problems that I am individually facing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, because I was going to say, like the tie-in, I'm trying to think about what this, what's the tie-in. Although I do have a dog and I do care deeply that she has good nutrition. So tell me what was the problem then you were facing when you started Cooper? Like, because this is a big endeavor to create this entire system. So tell me about your story. What was going on for you? Yeah. So I was in the thick of it with Ollie and got pregnant. And when it was in that, I think the unfortunate part for a lot of women is that the sort of timing of when we should or can, I may, maybe can is sort of a better way to say, be starting our family often coincides with when our careers tend to be on the rise too. And so when people say there's no good timing, like I truly take that to heart around, well, maybe there is. It just never seems to be when you have children. And if you have found good timing, please let me know. And so, (laughs) (laughs) yes, we were in the thick of it building, me and my team at Ollie, building Ollie, and I had my first baby. And I remember walking out of the hospital and feeling like a total deer in headlights and like wanting to like turn around and go back in. You know, I had been so focused on the fact that I was pregnant and the fact that like a human being was going to come out of my body, which was at the time like the big, like, you know, my biggest fear and excitement and worry and everything wrapped into one that like I honestly didn't think like three steps ahead or even one step ahead of like what happens when this baby actually does come out. And so I felt like, you know, even the nurse of the hospital who was telling me about feeding and feeding schedules. And I was like, wait, in the middle of the night, like I have to wake up too and what do you mean it's every three hours, but it's two hours kind of? Because it's like when you finish feeding is when it, it started at the start of the feed, not the end of the feed, and was just like so overwhelmed. And meanwhile, I'm someone who has, you know, dual two degrees from an Ivy League school, not like not trying to brag in by any means. But- no, but like you're accomplished. You, you had been able to get through things that are difficult. I, that's when I talk about my degrees. That's what I mean is like, I was able to navigate some pretty intense things. Yeah. And yet felt so lost. So I yes. think that's totally I think lost. even, I think like in some ways, probably even like more lost because I'm like, wait, like I, sh- I'm the type of person, like I figure stuff out. I get things done. Like I know how to live life. And then all of a sudden, like I had this baby that I was just like, I have no idea. And sort of looked around for support and found it was kind of far and few between. I joined a local mom's group, which was, you know, nice for community and like having other moms like being anxious with me. But in other ways, actually like was somewhat worse for me in that it was like the blind leading the blind. Like we were all asking each other questions and so-and-so said they read this 12, 12 week, 12 hours by 12 weeks book. And so-and-so said they wrote another book. And then here I am like freaking out around like, okay, which book do I read? And, we, and if they say different things, which one do I follow? And how do I actually know how to get my kid on a schedule and should my kid be on a schedule? And so there was like a little bit of a rise in everyone's anxiety because they were all sort of like throwing even more mess into the fire of uncertainty and unknown. So that was sort of fell a little bit short. Then the Dr. Google, 4am, Instagram, social media, I don't know, Facebook groups at the time too, were, you know, again, sort of a double-edged sword around like, I could put a question in there and get like 700 responses to it. But one, like those responses were often full of judgment, which, you know, any parent of any stage does not need in their life. And two, again, was not expertise. It's all based on anyone's singular sort of anecdotal experience of what worked at the time for their child, which 
also like doesn't necessarily just because it worked at the time. We know from a lot of research, things that work at the time don't actually mean that that's the correct or right thing for your child. So, you know, I grew up very much in the era, as I'm sure you did, of like carrot and stick, right? So like <laughs> I was very motivated by making sure that I got my grade so that I wouldn't get the stick or that I would get the carrot, whatever it was. And like, did that, I don't know, did that build intrinsic and internal motivation or was I doing it for the wrong reasons? And so- <laughs> you know, kept going on my search and said the mom, the local mom's group sort of didn't really work. And then also when they, when a lot of us went back to work, then I was like, okay, great. Now what? Like now, okay, I get my baby alive for a certain number of weeks, but I'm still growing this child. So how do I get to the next stage? And how do I make sure that this child reaches those developmental phases? And does it even matter if they reach those phases? And you know, now almost seven years into parenthood and two additional kids later, so a total of three kids, I find that the questions continuously get more complex as your children get older and are more nuanced and there's even less guidance and support because it's sort of like, well, your kids are in school, like that's them. And like, but there's a whole life that happens outside of school and how do I support them in school and how do I choose a school and all of that. So it's a very long-winded way of saying felt like there was not enough resources out there and continuously felt other mothers and parents saying the same thing. I also saw it take a toll both on myself and other parents around general mental health mm-hmm. and therefore not being able to be present there with our children because we're so worried about what we're doing that we can't even sort of like do be there when we are doing it. And knowing that's such a big big leading indicator of your child's sort of future well-being is parental well-being as well. So wanted to sort of like, not that we're not therapy, but it's definitely a part of, I think, what sort of riles a lot of people up. And so we were like, this. there needs to be a better way. So the world went virtual. Everyone joined virtual communities. Doctors mm-hmm. in a way were like online in a way that they were sort mm-hmm. of never thought they could deliver before. And a light bulb sort of went off as I'm sitting in the woods during COVID, basically, trying to escape everyone, that there could be a scalable and accessible solution to help parents through their journey. And so then we spent my co-founder and I, who had met, was the silver lining of our early moms group. We had met when our kids were like two weeks old in this mom group and have remained like best of friends since sort of like looked at each other. It was a great time at Ollie because we had just raised another round. And so we were hiring a new team and I was sort of able to get out of the day-to-day after running that for eight years. And my co-founder Ari was able to take a was taking a step back in her from her current job too. So sort of stars aligned that this was the right time. And we teamed up with a phenomenal education team, Aaron O'Con- Dr. Erin O'Connor, who I know mm-hmm. very well, and Marielle Benjamin came together. And a lot of the inspiration, too, also came from Seedlings Group, which is eventually what we found, too. And they were initial, initially our advisors as well on this to make sure sort of we were steering down the right path. And how do we take all this research and data and actual knowledge around child development and put it into the hands of parents and not just in a like, you know, academic journal way, but in a very relatable, very easy to digest and actionable plan so that parents can walk away from each Cooper session in the same way they walk away from a soul cycle session or a therapy session or any other sort of well-being session feeling like a bigger sense of confidence and joy and sort of ability to take on that task. And so that was the birth of Cooper. I love it. And you know, yes, I love Erin O'Connor. And this is why. Because Erin O'Connor, for those of you who don't know her, I'm sure many of you do not. She is a developmental 
specialist, really. And she, in terms of child development, and she's at New York University, Columbia. Yeah, New York University. Okay. So she actually helped me with the chapter on being a good mom in my new book called Doing It All. And the reason that I love what she had to say is because she didn't try to give these black and white prescriptions for this is exactly what you should do with your child. Instead, really the focus, and I feel like from what I know about Cooper, that the focus really is on here are the general evidence-based scientifically backed principles that parents should operate by. But then also, who is your individual child? How does that come across? So I actually think about it a lot as my nerdy self. Like we all have genotypes. So we all have genes within us, but then they express themselves differently within each person. So we call that phenotype, right? So like your genotype, the imprint, the DNA imprint in you, or like the way that you're going to think about your kids, this is the way I want to operate. That might be one thing, but then how that shows up or what that looks like more intuitively for you, or depending on the circumstances that you're in with your kid, may be very, very different. And also depending on who your kid is. Like, I have totally different kids. I have one who like really needs a hard line. And I have one where if you give her a hard line, she totally melts and you can't get anything. (laughs) Right. So I really love this idea of trying to create a place where parents can feel like they're not only supported and get kind of that like community support like we used to in old Facebook groups. But like you said, have it not be a million different opinions from non-experts that I think you're right, just adds more confusion, makes it so you're even less sure of yourself, especially with the judgment that was in so many of those and still is. Totally. And I think you make a really good point around the individuality. So all of our like, um, all of our sessions and our support is live. And so we really, our experts really get to know you and your child because part of it is to like, we like to say sort of growing up together on Cooper. Part of it yeah. is sort of like understanding like, oh, like for me, what are my triggers as a parent? What's difficult yeah. for me? When do I need to like tap out potentially? Like my husband has all the patients in the world and like sometimes like bedtime just has to be him because my eldest mm-hmm. who to your point around the line, like you put up a line and she's like, how do I break it? Like I will do right. I, that is. <laughs> The line is just like a challenge to her, whereas like my son, like he wants to stay 50 feet away from that line. So it's it's so funny how they are different. But my my husband is like the Mr. Patient with bedtime. And like that is my like tense weak point because I have read all the research around how important sleep is. And like if I can't get them to bed, it is like triggering in a way that it stresses I, you out. <laughs> stresses me out so much that it like it doesn't help anyone. So like I need to tap out and like tap him into that situation. And so my Cooper leaders like know, like helped me understand too, like what my triggers are to help me better parent, right fit parenting with each child too and their individuality. And so when building Cooper, we thought a lot about like, okay, what are the different formats this could take? And like sometimes like a good 15 second like video or even 15 minute video is like great to watch and like can be a good background. But I was also often felt like, okay, great, but so... That helps me, like, let's just take bedtime as that example, since I know that, you know, again, I have a six and a half year old now, and that's still, it still is a challenge, which is the biggest mm-hmm. of parenting ever that like, once you sleep train them, that's it. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, it's amen. Okay. From the words of a pediatrician, it, you never stop sleep training your kid. No doubt. Yeah. So maybe uh, they're in college, but even then, no. <laughs> they still like, so it says, okay, so now my child is 
can like has is out of a crib, has learned how that she can like get out of her room. It's like, okay, so bring them back to their room that, you know, you watch a video in the room. It's like, try not to engage, no eye contact, like bring them back to the room, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, okay, but now she's screaming and kicking. Like, what do I do now? Right. It's like a video you can't ask questions to. And so the personalization and the live aspect is really what I think differentiates our platform and allowing you to sort of like walk through every step. And like, while we're generally down on the line, while that tantrum might be happening or that difficult situation, we help you anticipate or like replay all the moments that might have happened the day before so that when they inevitably happen again, you're way better equipped for that in the future. And so again, Aaron, who's like our guru on the research of child development around like right fit parenting and building that attachment and relationship is so important. And it's very hard to do that without having that personalized live relationship with your parenting expert. Yeah. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned as you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. Okay, so let me go back to what you said at the very beginning about how when someone said you have to stay up in the middle of the night, you were like shocked and amazed as a new parent. (laughs) Why do you think that is? I have my own theories about, I, I really feel like sometimes it's even more difficult for the vast majority of parents and moms who started their parenting journey in their mid 30s then it would be, in other ways, it'd be more difficult if you're way younger, but then it would be for like a younger parent in terms of that piece. Because I feel like by the time you're in your 30s, you've lived enough life to like go to brunch if you want to and to like stay up late and sleep in late and to have your house be clean and maybe earn enough money to have your house be nice. And then I feel like there's this break that happens with your kids. And part of it is that you can't believe that your world that you've set up has to change. Yeah. Was that true for you? Yeah, I think, I think that's such a valid point. I like jokingly say to my husband, we were married six years before we had our first kid. We got married very young and, or very young, I guess, in by today's standards. Today's standards. (laughs) I mean, like I, I jokingly also say like only in like one breath in, at least in a lot of places in the country, are you both like a young parent and a geriatric pregnancy? Yes. Uh, which, which is pretty funny. But yeah, so I jokingly say like, we should have had kids like in like 10, like 10 years before we did because back then I could pull an all-nighter and I was like, good to go, like full yeah. of energy the next day. Like now, God forbid, I'm awake at night. Like it takes me three days to recover. But yeah, I think there's a lot of it is around like control, right? I think a lot of it is around like, I think I have everything figured out. I know like to your point of like, I've done enough of the world. And then all of a sudden this like new element comes in that like doesn't have 
like the cliche is like doesn't have a playbook, which like I think in a lot of ways we're trying to help parents at least give like we like to call them like bumper rails on that playbook, right? So at least we keep yeah. narrow this the scope of your sort of like wandering in the wilderness alone. Yeah, so it doesn't have this like okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, I I will like get output like one, two, and three in precisely exactly the right way. And so this sort of like interruption of the feeling of probably false control in your life, Mm -hmm. I think is really hard for a lot of people to sort of like get over that hump. And I think like in general too, like there's also this, you know, I think with a lot of like cultural things, and I I think about this all the time, like why is why is parenting set up the way it is? Why is there not enough support for parenting? Why is there not enough support like from, you know, in all facets, from the government, from your workplace, from like your friends? And I think like what the world is, it has and continuously is changing at such a fast pace that we haven't like kept up with it in other areas of it. So like one, like we're no longer living for the most part, like in the same home, let alone village with our parents, let alone like town mm-hmm. country. Right. And so I think there's a lot of support that probably historically came from that. Two, what we know about children is increasing at such a rapid rate too. Right. Like even mm-hmm. my parents, when I sort of talk about the carrot and stick, like, if they sat down in their pediatrician's office, like when I was a kid, like their Highlights magazine or whatever it was of the day, right? Sitting there probably would have said, like, that is how to get outcomes that you want. Like, that is the research they knew. And we they also thought, like, brains were fully developed when the time you were born. And that, like, mm-hmm. it, it was what it was. So now you have to, like, get obedience, not... And now we know that, like, brains are massively developing all the way... and. I like to also say, which I should have prefaced when I started this, that like I am one of our biggest consumers. I am not a parenting expert. So please asterisk like, everything. <laughs> I'm here to make sure you're on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we now know that, which is like both a sort of blessing and a curse that like we have a lot of effect on child's development and their brain. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that we need to do to help them figure out the tools. And so... Again, like you used to think like, oh, like, you know, you can make children obedient by doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, is that the goal now? Like raising obedient children, we don't want obedient adults, right? Like we don't want adults that don't stand up for themselves and aren't resilient. And, you know, a lot of the the mental health issues now around like lack of resilience and grit and confidence comes from like, well, as a child, we didn't give them the autonomy to figure that out, right? And so how Mm -hmm. do we like fix that next generation? And yet like, while those sort of like our lifestyle, our knowledge on the science aspect has changed a lot, like societal norms and pressures take a lot longer to change. Like even if you yeah. look at, like, you know, when did women get a vote? Let's just like look at that like versus like where we are today. And yet there's still tons of issues around like the mental load falling on women and the inequality around who is doing a lot of the household work and child rearing work despite it being a like double income, equally double income, if not even the other way, income family. And so I think like there's a lot more that needs to change around that and therefore let parents, you know, I think this other thing around like one's a lack of control and two, then it's also like parents' willingness to be like, it's okay to not know. It's okay to seek support. Like yeah. I'm supposed to be an expert, which I think is also that hard part where like, it hit me where it's like, how did I not know that? Like, how do I not know the next thing? And then it totally shook my confidence around like, aren't I supposed to know this? Like, why should this, why is this hard? And so the more that like we can change society around that in the same way where it's like, 
hey, like your heart needs to be healthy and therefore you need to go to the gym way before you have a heart attack, right? Like that same Mm -hmm. philosophy needs to come into parenting the same way it has started to come into the mental health space around like you, you don't go seek therapy or practice mindfulness or any of the tools that we have out there in the middle of a crisis. You go to help avoid the crisis. And in parenting, it needs to be that same thing. Like There are other countries in this world that require parenting courses before they will support and pay and have the government pay for your labor and delivery. Like here, it's like not even known that that's something you should do, let alone encourage. Yeah. I think too, to your point about not living in villages with other moms. I mean, I do not want anybody to go back to the 1950s housewife model at all. But I think that one of the things that came from that, and I don't think it made it so that they were actually great like their methods of parenting but I do think it increased their confidence in parenting was just you were constantly with other moms they were doing the same thing you were you or dads you were around them and you were all in community and other people parented your children in exactly that same way I get frustrated because you know our we're having a loneliness epidemic in America we all feel lonely we feel like we don't have villages and I think a lot of this rhetoric around like, find your village. You need to find your mom friends or whatever. It's like, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. They're all busy. I text them <laughs> and they're like, yeah, can't meet up. You know what I mean? Like, How's 2025 looking for you? <laughs> exactly. You know, my most popular post actually on Modern Mommy Doc was this meme of um, Paul Rudd and it was him doing that hot wings thing. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I can't believe it. We're doing it. Oh my gosh, we're doing it. We're going to do this. And it was like moms after they finally get together after eight illnesses, two reschedules and blah, blah, blah. So, but I do think that we have to look forward at other technologically advanced kind of like alternative ways to build our community with other moms. And we do have an opportunity and other just caregivers in general. So not just moms, but you know, that's what we talk to mostly. And that it's okay Like we have to come to grips with the fact that it's okay if that community doesn't look like the person who lives next door to you. It's okay if the community is an expert who's talking to you in a live session. Like that's a village. A village is someone who knows what they're talking about and is helping you. Exactly. And actually, I would argue that in some ways, like the person who is your next door neighbor who might be living a totally different life from you is actually not the person because, you know, one of the things that I felt as an early parent and also like what we do at Cooper is like the, the, when you talk about like other technologies, sort of like the, the opposite of scale is actually like the, the mic, the magnifying glass, right? So like we're able to focus in on, okay, so if in my parenting group, when I first had my first, like half of us went back to work and half of us didn't. And I don't even know if it was that 50 50. It was probably more like 2080, right? And this is in the same zip code, not even like zip code, within the same like five block radius that we all right. live. It was sort of all this localized. And one is certainly, I'm not here as a working parent to say like, stay at home. Parents who work in the home have yeah. it easier, by far not. Like they are both equally hard and challenging, but in different ways. And so like yeah. even something as like, quote unquote, simple as that, like I'm white, white, I'm going to be asking questions and talking about like, okay, when I'm done with work, like I have like 20 minutes before I need to start the bedtime routine. How do I make that like a quality time with my children without riling them up that I then make my bedtime harder? And the parent who's been with them all day might be like, how do I get 20 minutes to myself so I can recharge before I go to the next phase and like 
what are strategies for teaching independent play during that time period, et cetera? Like, not that I don't know how kids play independently, but they're different. That's, that's for Sunday. <laughs> right. So like, there's just different contexts and different questions. So like your village, like, is most helpful if it is looking like you in a lot of factors and there are shared qualities. And so for me, like, I would personally rather be with a, you know, paired up in a group of moms regard, like who might be in other cities across the country, let alone world who like ha- are entrepreneurs and working and doing things like me. And we can share tips on like, okay, what, like what, what time saving hacks do you have here? And so that's where the community is really helpful. And I'm like, we live a similar life. And so we can share tips on that versus the yeah. person who's next door to me, who's just like, who has a different day to day life than me, which I can happily still get drinks with that person. And we can still do play days and that can be sort of another part. But I think it's like around where I'm seeking support. It's more helpful if it is either an expert that knows way more than me or someone much more similar to me, right? And then the other thing around villages is around you can't get it all from one place too. I think like that is totally you know, in my journey and in, in Cooper too, where, you know, like that mom next door, for example, I don't know who that mom is, but that poor mom's getting getting a lot of heat today. You know, like she would that be my my person that like I lean on and and we are like co-piloting our kids after school activities, right? Because we live next door. Mm-hmm. You know, our kids have we have a few kids similar age. They're interested in the same thing. Like we're taking turns, like one of us is doing the soccer and the other one is doing the music and whatever. Like that could be my village of like in terms of logi- that's my logistical mm-hmm. village. And then I can have my other village around like, here's my like safe space, things I wouldn't tell people that I, I'm going to see on a daily basis village. And here's my like, I need an expert to chime in here village, right? I think we need mm-hmm. to also get more comfortable that like one, like to get everything from one place is also sort of a fallacy as well at this point. Yeah, I think so too. And also that it's uh, a fallacy that we could get everything from our partner, from those of us who are in partnerships. I mean, my husband, like, Lord bless him, but he does not want to have a full-on conversation about a lot of the things that I want to have a conversation about. And it's not because he's a jerk. It's because he actually doesn't have any input into that. He doesn't, I vote. Well, what do you think? And he goes, I don't know, whatever you think. I mean, and it's not actually because that's he wants me to, wants me to carry the mental load. It's because that's not his area of expertise or of interest on another topic. He might be fully into it. We can really dig down. So I think you're right. I mean, so much of this is about radical acceptance, this idea of this is the environment I live in. These are the circumstances I'm in. And so now what? Who yeah. am I going to get to help, help from this for this thing? Who am I going to get help for from for this thing? Like recognizing this is the actual reality I live in. And then creating solutions within that. So I love it. All right. Tell us, for those who are interested in finding out more about Cooper, about where they can find out about it, where they can find out more about you. Like, how do they get started if they want to go for it? Yeah, great. So you can go to yourcooper.com. We can find all the information around our parenting groups. We have tons of workshops and assemblies that are generally open to a wider community without a membership. And then you can also find out about our memberships where we offer your small groups, expert-led small groups, our one-on-ones and office hours. And then you can also follow us on social, your underscore Cooper, where we give lots of both fun and relatable content, as well as research-backed and evidence-based content to sort of help your everyday as well. Wonderful. All right, you guys, go check it out. Thanks for being here, Gabby. Thank you. 
Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.